Now, the lesson or the teaching for today, the title is Guard Your Heart. Guard Your Heart. Say it with me. Say, Guard Your Heart. You have to guard your heart. All right? You have to watch the things that go inside of your heart, that you allow to affect your heart. You have to allow, you have to guard your heart from, from, from doubt. Come on. You have to guard your heart from unbelief. You have to guard your heart from Satan's voice, strange worship. You have to guard your heart. Our first scripture today is coming from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. And it reads, My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Don't miss it. I'm telling you. Don't lose sight of them. So already he said, pay attention to my words. It's a lot of words out here. It's a lot of conversation out here. He said, pay attention to my words. This is a father speaking to his children. Pay attention to my words, what I said. He said, listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them where? Keep them where? I need total attention. Keep them where? Within your heart. He's telling you where to store his sayings. He's telling you where to put his word. Keep them in your heart. Your heart is where your affections are. It's where your passions are. It's where your emotions are. It's where your intellect is. Keep your, my words and my sayings. Don't lose sight of what I'm saying. Keep them closely. Keep them within your heart. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them. We can go home now. For they are life to those that find him. And health to one's whole body. We ain't doing this for no reason. His words, his sayings, they are, they are your life. Not only are they li- your life, but they make your whole body healthy. So the word is a superfood. Supernatural food for you to eat to heal your whole body, your whole life. Verse 23, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Guard your heart, Charles, above everything else. Above everything else, guard your heart. 
Now, in order for me to guard my heart, we got to talk about the soul algorithm. That means I have to guard my mind. My mind is where I hear. In the physical, you hear with your ears. In the spirit, you hear with your mind. In the spirit, you see with your mind. In the physical, we see with our eyes. But in the spiritual, you see with your mind. So he said, guard your heart. So if I'm going to guard my heart, I must guard my mind. So I have to guard what I listen to. Not only do I have to guard what I listen to, but I have to make sure I'm putting the right things in my mind. So I got to keep it from conversation. I got to keep it from certain music, from from certain content. I have to guard my mind from it, which means the moment it comes on or the moment I hear it, I have to bag away from it. We talking about guard it. The Bible said, with the armor of God, we get the shield of faith. For what? So that every dart that Satan throws off of us, our faith should block it. It should destroy it. Satan should not be able to hit us with his darts because of our faith. But what is the faith in? His word. This relationship. So as long as I have faith in this relationship and faith in his word, nothing can stop me. But at the same time, it makes me healthy. As long as his word is in me, I'm healthy. So he says, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Why is it the source of life? Because of the soul algorithm. Everything that goes into my mind comes into my soul, and, it, and, and my soul, the heart is the fountain of my soul. Just like everything, everything I put in my mouth, it goes to my stomach, and it comes out as waste. The same way, whatever I put in my mind, I'm giving it permission to tame my soul. That's why y'all better stop listening to the baby. He's taming your soul. I'm just trying to help you. He's taming your soul. (laughs) You better start listening, even your music. I don't look, I don't even suggest just because an artist is, is a Christian that you listen to him. You better know the word so that when you hear the word, you can identify it. A lot of times we don't get in the word, so anytime we hear the word, we just accept the word. That's why the Bible says to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth. It is your job to study, to show yourself approved, to make sure that your mind is aligning perfectly with his will. Amen? Now, we're going to talk from the parables of the sower, familiar passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to go from uh, verses 1 to 23. And it reads, it says, On that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables. Say in parables. He told them many things in parables, saying, consider the sower who went out to sow. Verse 4, and he sowed some seed, and he sowed. Some seed fell along the path, 
and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Still, other seed fell on good ground, and it produced fruit. Psalm 100, Psalm 60, Psalm 30 times what was sown. Verse 9, let anyone who has ears listen. Now, he just gave us a parable. And at the end of this, he said, anyone who has ears, listen. Now, it, it, in other versions, it says, anyone who has an ear, let them hear what the word is saying. So, you don't hear with your physical ears. You hear with your soul, with your mind. He's saying, if you have a spiritual ear to hear, I need you to hear what I'm saying. Okay? He's speaking in parables for a reason. Because parables are for those who have spiritual ears. Parables are so that if you don't understand, you can go research and find out. You can study. He tells it in a parable, so if you don't want it, you won't get it. He's not going to give it to you plain. He wants you to seek first the kingdom, right? He wants you to ask, to knock, to seek, right? So he's speaking in parables because he wants them to go back and find out the meaning of it. Amen? And so we have a seed, a sower that's sowing seed. And first he sows the seed along a path. Secondly, he sows it in a rocky place. Thirdly, he sows it among storms. But then the last seed, the scriptures say that it was sown on good ground. On good ground. Verse 10. Then the disciples came up and asked him, Why are you speaking to them in parables? He answered, Because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know. but it has not been given to them. Verse 12. Yeah, you got to see this. Where's my tile? Verse 12. For whoever has, I need y'all to see this. For whoever has, more will be given to him. For whoever has, more will be given to them. Now, he said this after telling them that the reason why I speak in parables is because the secrets of the kingdom, they don't belong to everybody. It only belongs to those who are close to me, to those who want to be disciples. The secrets of the kingdom belong to children of God, to those who want to sit at the feet of the Father and learn. If you don't want to sit at the feet of the Father and learn, then you won't get the secrets. Verse 
So he says, for whoever has more will be given to him. Whoever studies, whoever reads their words, whoever listens to the podcast, whoever indulges in the heavenly conversation gets more. For whoever has more will be given to him and he will have more than enough. Now, we're talking about secrets of the kingdom. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So the father is looking and he's seeing who's engulfing himself in the word and who's not. He's paying attention. Who's praying? Who's seeking the kingdom? Who's seeking righteousness? Who's seeking joy? Who's seeking peace? And he's saying, for those who are seeking me, I'm going to give them more. I'm going to give them more word for those who study, for those who read. Why? Because this is all about absorption. The more words you absorb, the more he gives you. The more time you spend in his presence, the more presence he gives you. The more of his love that you absorb, it makes you love yourself. If you don't absorb his love, and the more you stay away from him, you begin to hate yourself. You begin to want to be like everybody but who he created you to be. We're not doing this for any reason. We're not just doing this to be doing this. It's an entire life that belongs to you that he predestined you to have. And you can't get it until you first love yourself. You can't get it until you first digest his word. You have to digest this because you can't, he can't just unload your destiny on you and his fruit is not there. You're going to wreck. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Verse 13, he says, That is why I speak to them in parables, because looking they don't see, and hearing they do not listen or understand. Verse 14, Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them which says, You will listen and listen, but never understand. What's this? all about. Hardened heart. Say hardened heart. He said, you, when you have a hardened heart, you will listen and listen, but you'll never understand. Why? Because you don't want to conform. So you'll listen, you'll listen, you'll listen, but it'll never become your life. Then he said, you will look and look, but you won't, you'll never perceive. Why? Verse 15, it says, for this people's heart has grown callous. It has hardened. It has grown cold. And when your heart is hardened or it has grown cold, it don't matter how much you're preached to, you can't absorb it. He says, for this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing. Why is that? Because their heart has grown callous. It says, and they have shut their eyes. Why is that? Because the heart has grown callous. It says, otherwise, 
If they didn't have a hardened heart, he said they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn back. He says, and I will heal them. But I can't heal them because the surgery has not taken place. Because the surgery has not taken place, the heart of stone is still there. And in the church world, in just the world period, we are professionals at blaming everybody else for our situation. But the thing about it is the Father made it to where nobody can control your situation but him. He made it to where he said, if you ask, you'll receive. Man ain't got nothing to do with that. If you seek, you'll find. Man can't stop that. Man can't stop you from asking. Man can't stop you from seeking. Man can't stop it from giving it to you. He said, if you knock, the door will be open. But you need a heart for that. You need a heart for that. If you don't trust him, you're not going to ask. <laughs> if you don't trust him, you're not going to seek him. You're going to wake up and you're going to go about your day because you think you got it. If you don't knock, it's because you don't trust him. You don't think he's going to open that door. So we'll walk into a job and we'll expect them to give us a job. Come on now, stop. We walk into situations and we expect them to do it for us. When the Father, the Scriptures, the Word said you're predestined already. Everything I have for you is already waiting. <laughs> it's waiting on you to conform. It's not waiting on people to approve you. It's waiting on you to conform. When you conform, he move everybody out the way. As soon as you conform, everything will move out the way. People just gonna, just gonna walk up to you, uh, I don't know why I'm saying this, but uh, I was told to do this for you. How many of y'all have experienced that already? <laughs> Amen. So he wants us to conform because the scripture said, the only thing we have to have faith in is this relationship, and we only know this relationship through the Bible. So he said he predestined us to conform to the image of his son so that we, his son would be the firstborn of many brethren, which means when we look at the life of Jesus and everything that he did, we should be able to do it also. But it starts with what? Conformity. He says, I want y'all to conform so you can do this. <laughs> I want you to conform so you can have this. This, this is the whole purpose of him talking about new wineskins. He said, I can't pour new wine into old wineskins. You need new wineskins so we can pour new wine in them. Now, he's going to give you the new wine, but you got to get the new wineskin, which means you have to lose your old mind. Your old mind is no good in your new life. Jesus said you have to lose this life to gain this life. Your old mind is no good in the new life. Verse 16 says, blessed are your eyes because you do see and your ears because you do hear. 
He says, for truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see, but didn't see them. To hear the things you hear, but didn't hear them. And all you have to do, if you want to know what that is, go to the, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and look at the wall of faith. Look at the wall of faith. Look at all those who live this life totally dedicated to the Father and didn't get the promise. <laughs> it's a group of people in the Old Testament that lived this life 1,000% and they were not predestined. They never got to be children. They never got the promise. Watch this. They never got the surgery. And without the surgery, they operated in the supernatural. Without the surgery, without being born again, without Christ in them, they did what we struggled to do. Why? Because truth be told, you can get this just by obedience. But he knew that obedience was not enough, and so you did need nature. Okay, y'all ready? All right. Let's break down these, the parables of the sower. Verse 18, he says, so listen to the parable of the sower. It says, when anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. So Jesus tells this parable of the sower, and he said the sower sowed seed along a path in a rocky place among thorns and then in good ground. Now he's breaking the parable down. He said the sower is the one who sows seed. The seed is the word. So he says, anyone, any, when anyone hears, say hears. hears, that matters. I'm telling you, I'll show you why. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. He snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. Now, this uh, passage of scripture is in uh, Mark as well as in Luke. In Luke chapter 8, verse 12, it says, and it's not up there, it says, the seed along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they, so that they may not believe and be saved. So the ones along the path is when you are first introduced to truth. When you first hear the Logos word, because this word here is not, we're not talking about Rima word, so we're not talking about when they hear the Bible. Okay, it's a difference in Logos and Rima. Logos is the predestined word that was spoken from the foundation of the world. The Rima word is what was written in the Bible for us to understand Logos. So he's saying, he's saying that the path is when the heart is introduced to truth. And it says as soon as it's introduced to truth, it says the enemy comes and takes it away. When he gave the parable, he said the birds come and snatches it away. 
He's saying that the enemy uses everything in his power from present, preventing that, to prevent that word from absorbing. He does not want that person to be saved. Keenan, you're not going to make it. Don't even try, okay? She just got off here. <laughs> so when that's, that word is sown, the enemy uses everything in his power to prevent the word from absorbing and getting into your heart. Why? Because he does not want you to be saved. So what happens is this. You will hear the word, you will hear the word. And the thing that Satan would do is he would send doubt. Voices in your head telling you not to believe it. That can't be true. I remember one time I had a guy that came to my studio and this particular artist wanted us to work with him. And so he was a producer. I was an engineer. So I let him do the music part. And when he did the music part, we put it on, you know, he, they did the song and we put it on um, YouTube. And the video got over a million views. And his family told him that I was going to take his money because who would let somebody come into their studio, use their equipment, make, make a, 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 some music, and then allow them to put it out and don't want nothing in return. So they're trying to convince him that nobody's going to do that. That man wants something from you. That's how the enemy comes. Somebody comes to do something good for you, and the first thing, Satan pops up, they must want something. Or as soon as you hear the word, or as soon as people hear the word, what happens is the next thing you know, they'll hear a true word, or let's just say somebody from divine generation, come and introduce them to the Father. They hear it, they love it. They heard it, they enjoyed it, and watch what happens. As soon as they leave, here come a Hebrew, Hebrew Israelite. This is Satan tricks. Then they, as soon as they leave, you, here come a Hindu brother. Soon as they hear the word, now all of a sudden Muslims introduce, introduce they, they're interested in them. This is how Satan works. He will do everything he can. So he'll bring religion and philosophy into it. He'll even bring religion, uh, 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 tradition and, re and religion. Not in the sense of Muslim and stuff like Muslims and, and um, what is it called? Hinduism. But denominational teachings. Soon as you hear about the Father, next thing you know, somebody come talking about Church of God in Christ. Somebody come talking about baptism. Satan has a way of coming in and interrupting and making sure the word that was sown there. That's why I tell y'all that you have to understand the origination of the Bible. You have to understand the origin. You have to understand where the word comes from. This whole Bible is here because God wants to be a father. Amen? It's here because God wants to be a father. You have to start at the Genesis, at the beginning of this thing, and you have to sift everything through that. If you don't, you will get off. And that's why we have so many denominations. Because watch this. If you look in Genesis... You don't see the apostles, right? So there's no apostolic denomination. Pentecostal. The day of Pentecost ain't in Genesis, right? Church of God in Christ. It's not in Genesis. 
the word of faith. You can't find that in Genesis. Grace is not in Genesis. So all of this was not built on that. Those are, they are great teachings. They're biblically based things. But you know what happens? They have no foundation. Once you hear it, you can't build on it. You can't grow from it. You can grow religious. You can grow into being a church member. But there is no growth because growth happens at the child level. It happens at the child level. So if I don't introduce you to the father and you don't see yourself as a child, how else can you grow? You can't. Only thing you can do is grow like the Pharisees and you can grow legalistically. You can grow in traditionalism. So that's what Satan does. He comes and he, and he, and he, and where the word is sown, he, he brings substitutes. Because he don't want you to have the relationship. Then the next one is the rocky ground. And it says, and one sown on rocky ground. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But has no root and is short-lived. It says when distress or persecution comes because of the word, it says immediately he falls away. So the rocky ground is the heart that is in the kingdom, but is not fully developed. There's soil there, but there's, there, it's, still, it's still partially hardened. And so it can't absorb seed. Because in order for a seed to grow correctly, it has to be in what? Good ground. It has to be in good ground. And so that's why the scripture says, this is the one who hears the word. Say, hears the word. They hear the word. Immediately receive it with joy, but it has no root. And it is short-lived. Because when distress and persecution comes because of the word, that's the key. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now, we would never think a person would fall away if they heard the word and received it with joy. You would think that's all it needs. You hear the word, you receive it with joy. No, it has to sink into your heart because the Bible says what? That keep the word in your heart. But they fall away because there's no root, which means this. I heard the word. I heard it, Kirby, but what I didn't do is I didn't go back and study it. I heard the word, but there was no confessions, confessing the word. I didn't get up in the morning and confess it. I went to church Sunday, but, and that's the last time I heard that word. I received it with joy. I heard it, but I didn't confess it. I didn't go back and study it. I didn't meditate on it. I didn't honor it, so it's not in me. So the moment distress comes, the moment persecution comes because of that word, because Satan is only attacking you because of the word you're receiving. <laughs> and the Father's giving them permission. Ooh. He's giving them permission. Attack them. Every attack on your life is to bring you closer to him. Yeah. 
Proverbs 24 and 10 says that in a day of adversity, I want you to hear this. Proverbs 24 and 10 says, in the day of adversity, if you faint, your strength was small. I'm going to say that again. Proverbs 24 and 10 says, if in the day of adversity you faint, come on, y'all hear me? Your strength was small, which means there was not enough prayer time there. There was no fast. There was not enough fasting. There was not enough word time. And soon as the adversity came, you had nothing to fight with. Verse 22, this one fell amongst the thorns. Now, the one sown amongst the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of, of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Luke 8 and 14 says, as for the seed that fell among thorns, these are the ones who when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, say worries, riches, and the pleasures of life. And the scripture says, and it produces no fruit. Now, the one that fell amongst the thorns is the one who receives the word, but they receive it in discomfort. They receive it, but they're going through situations and circumstances. We all been there, right? And the Bible says that the word grows up in you, but the worries chokes it out. So you have a financial issue. We all had that, right? And instead of depending on what the word says, you go to your own way of thinking. Instead of taking on what the scriptures say, we more invested in Tony Robbins. And he used some scripture. Some, <laughs> I mean, all of them use principles. If you listen to any of them self-helps, they just take principles from the Bible and give it to All you got to do is listen to the Bible. Okay? They're just taking principles and put it in different words and giving it to you. And they're helping you in one area of your life while the rest of your life, areas of your life, suffer. So it says that they hear the word. It says, but the worries of this age. That's why I tell y'all, don't watch. There's no need to watch. The, you, there's no significant need to watch the news. There's nothing wrong with watching the news. But in watching the news, it would have you worried about what is going on. And 99.9% .9 of the news that you hear in America is fabricated. Amen. It's fabricated or it's controlled by people with money. And you will be sitting up here listening to the news and then and worry about who in office. And, and every four years, that's going to change. Every four years, that changed, but, nothing in, but America never changes. And we're worried about these things. We're worried about racism. Racism is the stupidest thing on this planet. Because it's literally saying 
We both have bodies, but we just have different color skin, and I don't like yours. So it's the equivalent of this side of the room buy green cars, and this side of the room buy orange cars, and y'all don't like them because their car's green. Y'all don't like them because they're orange. That's how stupid it is. Because in the car, it's just a person. In the body, it's the spirit. That's why you can't be spiritually minded and racist. Because our focus is the spirit. I don't care what color you are. I'm not for black people. I'm not for white people. I'm for spiritual people. Give me spiritual people. I don't care what color you are. You can be an alien. You can have four heads. If you're spiritual, I'll rock with you. As long as you're spiritual. It says, but the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, trying to get money. Why would we, look, we don't have to focus on money when we understand that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything will be added to us. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is seek him. He'll open the doors for the opportunities to get the money. Wealth is a part of our heritage. Riches are a part of our heritage. I told you, I haven't worked a job since 2006. And I have had nothing cut off. We have missed no meals. And if I told you the numbers I put up year after year, matter of fact, when she started her business, she just started making more money than me. It's the truth. When she started her business, that's when she started making more money than me. I don't know, Chris. Every year I get ten, twenty thousand dollars. Somebody just give it. It just happens. Now, to a carnal mind, that's no way to live trusting in him because I can go get my own. But what if he didn't design you like that? He designed you to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness so everything else could come, could come. In seeking him, he might tell you to take this career path. In seeking him, he might tell you to start this business. But don't start the business or seek the thing without first seeking him. And so, and what happens is, in, in these situations, is you can take somebody who grew up poor. Okay, and because they grow up poor, they will spend, and, and, and while they were growing up poor, people talked about them. People made fun of them. So they will spend the next 20 years of their life trying to acquire a tire so people can like them. I've seen it. It's called arrested development. <laughs> They're still stuck. They'll, it, the world will have you still stuck in the opinions of people. And so it says that this is the one who hears the word, but the words of this age and the deceitfulness of, of wealth choke the word. And the Bible says, and it becomes unfruitful. It never matures. all because we chase status. 
it's going to be a lonely day for people who are influencers, and they did they and that influence took people away from the Father. It's going to be a miserable day when people see they they were influencers and they influenced people to do everything but what the Father said to do. Satan got his own church. It's called Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. That is Satan's church. That's where he displays all of his acts. That's where he feeds our youth. He got his own church. Look at all these artists out here. They, they just spewing and displaying all. Why you, if this is gospel music, what is this? If this is gospel music, and we have gospel music, then what other music do we have? You better guard your heart. If we have gospel music, good news, talking about the Father, spiritual music, then what is the other music? It's demonic. I know most people won't say that. I ain't looking for fans. Jesus is looking for believers, not me. It's demonic. Matthew 13, 23. It says, but the one, here we go, this is what we all want, but the one sown on good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields. Psalm 100, Psalm 60, Psalm 30 times what was sown. Luke 8 and 15 said, but the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who have heard the word with an honest and good heart. Hold on to it, and by enduring, it produces fruit. The one in Mark said that they hear the word, and they welcome it, and they grow. So the good ground is when the word is properly absorbed. The good ground is when the word is properly absorbed. When it is taken in, it is believed. It is welcomed. Regardless if it's correction, come on. Regardless if it's a rebuke. Regardless if it's what your old pastor said, <laughs> regardless if it's connected to your family tree, you receive the word and you welcome it. And it says when you receive the word and you welcome it, it produces 100%. Psalm 100, Psalm 30, Psalm 60. Now, we have four different hearts here. Now, what I want you to notice is that all four of these hearts heard the word. <laughs> all four heard the word. Which means it's... All four heard the word. We had a heart that allowed Satan to take the word. We have a heart that allows distress and persecution to steal the word. We have a heart that allows worries, 
health, wealth, and other desires to choke the Word out, then we have a heart that hears the Word and welcomes it, and it produces fruit. So, what are we guarding our hearts from? What are we guarding our hearts from? Because we think it's people. Huh? We think it's people. What are we guarding our hearts from? We're guarding our hearts from anything that is not good ground. We guard our hearts from Satan coming and taking the word. So the moment you hear this word, even while you're sitting there right now, I guarantee you Satan is whispering. It's time to go to Popeye's chicken. You hungry, ain't you? <laughs> he need to hurry up, don't he? No, I don't. Shut up. Okay. Don't believe what he say. Remember what that your one preacher said, and he was anointed. He was called by God. He always has a conversation for the mind. We're guarding our heart against Satan's words. We talk about, it's a message on the podcast. Go back and listen to it. We talk about strange worship. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they would not hear another. Well, how can we avoid hearing his word? Because we guard our heart. Why do we guard our heart? Because our life depends on it. That's why I tell you, take your spiritual life serious. This is what I mean. Guard your heart. Stop putting things in your mind that you know is not good for you. Stop letting thought processes marinate in your mind that you know are unfruitful. I told y'all, the Father is never going to tell anybody in here that somebody don't like you. Clap. Please clap. Okay? The Father... Is never going to tell anybody in here that somebody don't like you. He's never going to tell you that somebody's talking about you. The Father is only going to tell you pure thoughts. If he's going to tell you something negative about somebody, it's because he trusts that you're going to pray and your heart will not be consumed. Other than that, that is the voice of Satan. What is he trying to do? He's trying to steal the word. Not only he's trying to steal the word, he's trying to steal the fellowship. Because they're talking about you, don't go around. Come, who is that talking? Who is that talking? Why do you think the divorce rate is so high? Satan gives people every reason to break vows. That quiet. Clap on that. <laughs> he gives people every reason. Come on, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. He gives us every re- He's never going to come. Kenny, he's never going to come to you and say, you got a good husband. He's not going to come and say that. He's not going to come and say, look what your husband do for you. He's never going to come to you and say, Kirby, you got a wonderful wife. She's blessed. He's never going to come. He's going to come and give you every conversation to do what? break up unity, to divide. So we have to guard our heart from the words of Satan. We have to guard our heart from distress and persecution. The Bible told, I did a whole series on Suffer the Rain. Look, distress is going to come. The Bible said it. 
You are distressed, but you're not cast away. You're not cast down. Jesus said that you are, that persecution will come. Well, if the persecution comes and the distress comes and we fall away, that means what? Our heart has not absorbed his word. Now, it don't mean that I haven't heard the right word because the scriptures let us know that the word fell. So it was preached, right? It was taught, right? It was how your heart absorbed it. Then we have the worries, the wealth, and the other pleasures of life. These are the things that we're guarding our heart from. Let me back up. When I was in Nigeria, Bishop Oyedipo told us, and I came back and told y'all, build yourself for persecution. Did I not? He told us in a meeting, build yourself for persecution. So that when a persecution come, it's like ward off a duck back. Or it's because you expect it. We should expect to be persecuted. Amen. Why? Because Jesus was persecuted. And he, he said, blessed are you if you are persecuted for my name. So we should expect persecution. We should not be a people that expect everything to go our way. And if it goes our way, it's God. And if it don't go our way, it's Satan. Sometimes that no is so the Father can show you your heart. Sometimes the yes is to show you you're really not ready. I went through a wilderness moment this week. And you know what it showed me? I'm not ready for a big ministry. <laughs> Whatever. It showed me. I'm not, no, I'm not ready for three, four hundred people. It took me three days to recognize it was a wilderness moment. I got to be honest with you so you can be honest with yourself. Okay? I kept thinking, Miss Mary, I kept thinking it was Satan attacking me. And it wasn't. It was a wilderness moment where the Holy Spirit drives you into a place and then leaves you there for the purpose of seeing where is your mind. I'm going to remove my presence because I want to see, I want you to see how you really think. I'm going to remove my presence so you can see how much word is really there. So from now on, Satan attacking you should be associated with wilderness. Y'all with me? If Satan attacked you, it's because the Holy Spirit gave him permission. It put you in a situation. Yes, people are going to talk about you. And you know why they're going to talk about you? Because your, your destiny is so bright that if you can't handle it on this level, you can't handle it on this level. If you can't handle it on this level, you can't handle it on this level. I'm going to say it again. If you can't handle it on this level, you can't handle it on this level. People going to steal from you because if you can't handle it from this level, you can't handle People going to take advantage of you because if you can't handle it at this level, you won't be able to handle it at this level. 
So a lot of the things that we think that is Satan is actually the Father allowing these things to happen so he can ascertain the quality of your soul, so he can do a heart check. So he can see, have you been guarding your heart? So we want to guard our heart from worries. There's no need for us to worry. Come on, if we have a father that is king eternal, come on, y'all know the testimony. Y'all know how y'all say it. Y'all, come on now. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. As, as soon as the situation occurs, them words be out the window. <laughs> they be all the way out the window. Come on, y'all know I'm telling the truth. I'm blessed and highly favored. God is on my side. The king eternal, the king of glory, he is with me. And soon as a hangnail happened, I don't know what happened. Ah! <laughs> He's showing us our heart. You don't really believe like you say you believe, and that's okay. That lets me know why I need to grow. Amen? Worries. Wealth pleasures of life. We need to guard our heart from those things. Don't guard your heart from people. Why? Because people is the number one commodity. People is what he died for. So to guard your heart from people is to defeat the purpose of the death. <laughs> It's to defeat the purpose of the call. Matter of fact, if you hide yourself from people, you, there's no need to be anointed. Because the anointing is just for service, to break yokes off people. So you, you want to guard your heart, but you don't want to guard it from people. Satan's going to always tell y'all. He's going to always, how many people, do you, think, do you not think that he tell me that y'all say stuff about me? Do you don't think... Uh, Look, I'm the, I'm the leader of the ministry, okay? I have to deal with all. You don't think that he's telling me that y'all saying this, saying this, saying this, saying this, and saying that? Do you not think he's telling me these things? Yes, he is, but I ain't listening. I'm not listening because his main agenda since the day he got kicked out of heaven is to destroy this relationship, us first with the father, then with the children. That's his goal, even in the natural. First, let me get the father out the house. Once I got the father out the house, then I'm going to have my way with the woman emotions and with the kids. He know what he's doing. He's been doing this. Why, why is it that 75% of black homes have no father? Now, after saying that, look at the male rappers. So, the message is to allow the Word to get in the midst of your heart, the center of your heart. He said, guard, guard your heart above all else. Proverbs verse 4 and 20 says, my son, pay attention to my Word. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart. That's the word, right? Keep them within your heart. So once the word is there, guard it. 
Guard it. One scripture says, guard it with all diligence. So which means this is your everyday effort is to make sure that this relationship is aligned, to make sure that this re- in this relationship you know that the Father loves you. This is what went on with the children of Israel. How did the children of Israel get to a place, Shombi, where they decided they no longer wanted God to be their king and they wanted a man? They didn't guard their heart. My proof, did he not take them out of Egypt? Did he not take them out of Egypt? Took them out of Egypt, parted the Red Sea, destroyed Pharaoh, gave them bread, manna from heaven, gave them quail, gave them water out of rock. Now that's impossible. Cloud by day. He didn't say be led by the Spirit. Just look up and y'all, wherever y'all see me, just keep going. Don't you wish he did that? Don't we wish he did that now? Don't we wish he would, don't you wish you would just look, okay, that's where we're supposed to be going, right there. (laughs) Pillar of fire by night. So he illuminated them and and he made sure that they got on the right path. The Bible says that on this whole 400-year journey that their clothes didn't even wear out. The Bible said he took sickness away from them. And then they get in a situation with Renee where they say, we no longer want you to be our king. That's a hardened heart. You didn't see everything that he did for you to get you in this position. And not only that, he told them. Chris, he told them. I got, I, got the, uh, I got the documentation right here. It says, and Samuel told, this is, uh, it said, and Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, this is what the Lord told him. He said, And he said, this will be the manner of king that shall reign over you. Listen to this, y'all. Listen to it, because when your heart is hard, you have no idea what you're asking for. You don't know what you're asking for. He said, said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you, since y'all don't want me no more. Now, this conversation is huge, because if you really want to introduce it, this is the, the beginning of slavery. And black people weren't the only people in slavery. Okay? Black people were not the only people in slavery. Say it together. Black people are not the only people in slavery. Okay? The Jews were in slavery. The Polish was in slavery. The Irish was enslaved. We were not the only people enslaved. But this is the beginning of slavery, not wanting God to rule. This is the beginning of slavery. Whenever you don't want God to rule, you will be a slave to man. You don't want to seek him about finances, so you better get a job. You don't want to, come on, you don't want to follow his system for finances, so now you have to work for somebody. This is the beginning of slavery. Watch this. He said, this is the manner of king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and anoint them for himself for his chariots and for his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands, captains over fifties, and will set them to, uh, to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and the instruments of his chariots 
and he would take your daughters to be mm, basically prostitutes, okay? And to watch this, to be cooks and to be bakers. And he would take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he would take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he would put your men servants and your maid servants and, and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to work. He would take the tenth of your sheep and you would be his servant. He told him, this is what's about to happen. You don't want me to be your king? Okay, man is going to rule over you. And this is how it's going to look. And you know what they said, A.D.? We still want it. And 5,000 years later, we still don't want God. We want man. As soon as you start talking about the Bible, a man wrote that Bible. Well, they wrote everything else too. You go by that. <laughs> well, what else is he going to use? Would you have been satisfied if he used dogs to write it? What happened? They didn't guard their heart. Everything he did for them, they refused to see it. It didn't absorb. They didn't guard their heart. That's how we got in this situation now. Even with Eve. Hmm. She didn't guard her heart. Satan came to her and said, you can't eat from every tree in the garden? You can't, no, he came to her and said, you can't eat from any tree in the garden? And she said, well, we can eat from every tree. She said this. Remember what we talked about? They heard the word. She heard the word. We can't eat from this tree in the middle of the garden and don't touch it. Or you're going to die. Satan said, surely you will not die if you eat from that tree. Now Eve's whole heart has shifted. Her whole heart shifted. And she went from saying, don't eat, don't look, or you will die, to the Bible says she saw that the tree was good for wisdom. It was good for wisdom to... And it was, it was good to eat, and it was good to make one wise. How did she see that? She didn't guard her heart from the word that was given to her, not only by her father, but by her husband. Because he told Adam, don't touch the tree. Adam told Eve, don't touch it or look at it. <laughs> what happened? She didn't guard her heart. And that is why... God put the husband to rule over the wife. Now, it's a spiritual thing behind that lady, so y'all, you okay, Sam? <laughs> I got a spiritual conversation behind This ain't about men and women, okay? 
Adam represents the mind. Eve represents the heart. The heart is never supposed to tell the mind what to do. Eve represents the heart. She represents emotions. She represents feelings, passions, desires, appetite, affections. And those are never supposed to tell our mind what to do. Our mind is supposed to be settled on what the Word said. Matter of fact, we're supposed to draw a line of demarcation in the sand that says our heart would never cross this line. No matter what goes on, Eve represents the feminine nature. Adam represents the masculine nature. And anytime your feminine nature feeds your masculine nature, you eat from the wrong tree. So we have to draw a line of demarcation in the sand that says this. My heart would not rule me. This is why. Your feelings, your emotions are like money. A terrible master, a wonderful slave. Your feelings are a wonderful slave, a terrible master. Because feelings, emotions, passions, they always take us away from the word. Well, this is how I feel. Look, take your feelings and bring them to the word. How do we get in trouble? Because we had an appetite for something that's not the word. I'm closing. Philippians 4 and 6. What are we guarding our heart from? Anything that is not good ground. Amen? Anything that is not good ground. Anything that prevents your heart from absorbing the word. You have to guard your heart from it. Say good ground. Say I want my heart to be good ground. You have to want every word that comes across the pulpit, you, you have to want it to enter into your heart and change you. That has to be your intentions every time you show up, every time you study, every time you read, every time you pray, you should be going forth unto the Father for change. Philippians 4 and 6 says, don't worry about anything. Say amen. amen. But in everything. Through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't worry about anything, but in everything. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, Serena. Don't worry about nothing, but even the stuff that you're not worried about, Marlette, take it to him. Don't worry about anything, but in everything. Seek the Father. Seek the kingdom. Seek righteousness. What verse 7 say? He gave us the recipe. Don't worry about anything, Chad, but in everything through prayer. That's practicing righteousness, right? Through prayer, 5 o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> through, come on now, through prayer. We be doing it Wednesday. Through prayer and petition. So don't just pray, tell them what you want. 
and do it with thanksgiving, good or bad. Thank you, Father, for allowing me to endure this. That's what the apostles did, thrown in jail, got out of jail and said, I thank you for allowing me to suffer for your namesake. It says, and the peace of God will surpass all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So as long as you pray and as long as you seek the kingdom, Chad, the scripture said the peace of God will surpass all your understanding and it will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. We about to close. This is the checklist to guard your hearts and minds. Y'all ready? Finally, brothers and sisters, family, family, finally, brothers and sisters, children of God, right? He said, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just regarding our heart, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, do what? Think on those things. Dwell on these things. Shift your mind. Do the checklist. So you got a bad word from somebody. Go through the checklist. Is it true? It might be true, right? <laughs> but is it honorable? Okay, if it's not honorable, throw it out the trash. Okay, somebody says something. It's true and it's honorable. But is it just? Does it bring righteousness? If it's not, get rid of it. Is it true and honorable and just, but it's not pure? Eject. It's pure, but is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is there any moral excellence here? Is there anything with this thought process that God can get praise? Is there anything in this thought process where my father can receive praise from this? He said, if it's not, release it. Let it go. Don't dwell on that thing. Don't dwell on those things. That's the checklist. Amen? Take it through that checklist. Next time you hear something, next time somebody say something, watch this. Next time you open your mouth, let it roam through your head. Is what I'm about to say true? <laughs> Is what I'm about to say honorable? Come on. Is what I'm about to say, is it just? I'm about to open my mouth. I'm about to say something to somebody, and it's going to be about somebody else. Is it just? Is it pure? Which means it's, it's, it's smothered with holiness. Is it lovely? Does it represent agape? And then is it commendable? Which means this. Can we share it with everybody? Can we share it with everybody? Is it commendable? Is there any moral excellence behind this conversation finna come out of my mouth? Is there anything that is praiseworthy? 
If it ain't, shut your mouth. Because if you don't, you might be working for Satan. Let us pray. Y'all learn something?